Hello, hello. Welcome, everybody, to Formula E Byte, episode number eight. And we have just had quite the weekend in Rome for rounds three and four of Formula E's season seven. You can't ever accuse Formula E of being dull. Expect the unexpected because something's going to happen suddenly somewhere, that's for sure. We saw an awful lot of that new safety car we were talking about last episode as well. Maybe, maybe more than we'd like, but it is Formula E. The safety car's going to come out. It's the trade-off for having so much action, and I wouldn't change it. Anyway, let's, let's get right into the weekend's events. We will start, of course, with Saturday, the first race day in Rome, round three in the championship. Free practice one set the uh, rather chaotic tone for the weekend, with Oliver Turvey crashing into Vern and Dennis right at the end. Not ideal, not ideal, but I think he just got caught coming round that bend and not realised practice starts were happening. All drivers, thankfully, okay though. Let's remind ourselves of what qualifying looked like. Tenth fastest at the end of qualifying was Nissan's Sebastian Buemi. Ninth was Pascal Verlein in the Porsche. Eighth place, Nick de Vries. Seventh, Robin Freins. Sixth, Maximilian Gunter. Fifth, Jean-Éric Verne. Fourth, Lucas de Grassi. Third, Stoffel van Dorn. Second, André Lotterer and first Oliver Rowland. Also worth mentioning 11th and 12th place were both Jaguar drivers, Bird 11th, Evans in 12th, 13th Mahindra's Alex Lynn. I bring that up because I thought over the weekend teams that impressed me quite a lot actually were really the Jaguar and the Mahindra's. So we'll we'll come to them again later but I just thought it's worth flagging there because I like what I see from those teams, I really do. So that was what qualifying looked like, but of course we went on to Super Pole to decide the top six. So at the end of the Super Pole shootout, sixth place was BMW's Gunter, fifth John-Eric Verne in the Tachita, fourth Audi's Lucas Degrassi, third Oliver Rowland in the Nissan, second place Andre Lotterer in the Porsche, and on pole, the Super Pole winner, Mercedes Stoffel van Dorn. On to the race then, we'll deconstruct some of the key events as they happened and we'll draw some conclusions at the end after we've looked at round four as well. So, fan boost winners for round three were Nick De Vries, Stoffel van Dorn, Sergio Setti Camera, Felix Antonio da Costa and Sam Bird. The race began with a safety car start, getting lots of use out of the the new mini electric pace setter but yes that was because of the damp conditions and the safety car led the drivers around for about five minutes and then uh, went in bird was driving very well from the beginning starting to make up positions from the off i think he took the first overtake of the race as well and then with uh, just under 39 minutes to go lotterer and van dorn made contact uh, Lotterer ended up in the barrier. Roland then ended up in front, and Van Dorn and Lotterer started to drop back very quickly. Now Lotterer was late trying to overtake Van Dorn, but Van Dorn closed very late as well in a way that he perhaps didn't need to. 
so yeah, I mean, Lotterer ultimately got the blame from the stewards for that incident, but I think it was probably harsh. Meanwhile, Degrassi and Verne were driving very well, chasing down Roland. Some excellent driving from all three of those drivers during that first race. But unfortunately, disaster struck for Roland with about 33 minutes to go. Roland ended up with a, a drive-through penalty for using too much power, for over-generation of power. Now, during a race, the cars are allowed a maximum of 200 kilowatts. Uh, apart from when they're using attack mode or fan boost, which increases the power. But a car can generate or uh, regenerate more than 200 kilowatts accidentally, which is what Roland seems to have done. Rome is quite a bumpy circuit usually. Uh, it just appeared that Roland went over uh, one of those jumps, uh, possibly a manhole cover. It is a street circuit after all. And in the process of the car briefly leaving the ground the wheels span too fast and generated too much energy not his fault at all but rules are rules so he got that penalty with about 32 and a half minutes plus one lap remaining van dorn used the first attack mode of the race now that's not really a key point but i flagged it because i enjoyed the attack mode activation zone on this circuit around the uh, Marconi obelisk. It was just fun. That hairpin there where you loop around the obelisk. I, I loved it. You know I love the aesthetics of this, this track. I love Rome. So uh, that was just a personal one for me. I loved that that little layout. But then uh, around the 31 minutes remaining mark, the battle between Verne and Degrassi began and it was it was good. They were pushing each other hard. And then around uh, 27 minutes remaining, uh, we noticed that Lotterer had quite a lot of damage from that incident at the start with Van Dorn. There was a great battle going on at the same time. 5th place Verline, 6th place Lotterer, 7th Bird, 8th Evans and Van Dorn joining them at the back. Again, all those drivers pushing each other hard. Really great racing from, from all of them. They were all good ac across both days this weekend, really. Particularly uh, Lotero, who was really going for it um, until he, he took attack mode, ended up dropping down the order quite quickly. And then, as I mentioned, he had that decision that he was going to get a, a five-second time penalty for causing a collision with Van Dorn. It seemed that that result, that decision, came kind of late, given how early that incident had happened but in fairness to the stewards it was quite tough to call I think it might have been a little bit harsh to be honest I think there is an argument to be made that perhaps Van Dorn was at fault it was hard to say it was very hard to say and with 21 minutes remaining Degrassi was still leading but under pressure from Verne, Frines and De Vries who were all in attack mode at which point it just seemed inevitable that Degrassi was going to lose that lead um, when he took attack mode he had built up a 1.6 second lead but when he did take it with 90 minutes to go he dropped down to third then 17 minutes to go Frein's running out of attack mode tried to move for the lead on, on Vern Vern just about held it excellent defending from Vern in the meantime Degrassi in attack mode arrives to take second from Frein's and De Vries overtook Frein's as well to end up in third Degrassi found himself back fighting for the lead and then Vern choosing to take second attack mode ended up dropping to third 14 and a half minutes to go we saw an excellent overtake 
by Bird on Frind. Bird drove so well this race, just steadily making his way up through the field. He really is a man in good form. Verne took the lead from De, De Vries, who'd found himself in the front at this point. Then, with about 12 minutes to go, Bird was locked in an excellent battle with Van Dorn. The final 12 minutes from Bird, really good driving, a lovely overtake around the seven and a half minutes to go mark, uh, an overtake around the hairpin on De Vries, really lovely driving. We know Bird is an excellent overtaker. Then, with about four and a half minutes to go, Degrassi starts slowing, Van Dorn hits a manhole cover, uh, avoiding him, and De Vries ends up in the back of, of Van Dorn, and it's just an absolute mess for Mercedes. Both Mercedes cars have far too much damage as a result. It was quite a big collision. There wasn't much either of them could have done about it, and that was both of them out of the race at that point. Then we saw the safety car come out again, and that was how the race ended. It was a safety car finish um, after a safety car start, and it, it was unfortunate for Van Dorn. He had done very well to get himself up to fifth at that point. So let's take a look at what the standings were at the end of race three, the first race in Rome. Oliver Rowland, with his penalty, managed to finish 12th, just behind Norman Natto in 11th. 10th place for Neo's Tom Blomqvist on what would turn out to be, I thought, a very impressive weekend from him. 9th, BMW's Max Gunter. 8th, Alex Lynn in the Mahindra. 7th, Pascal Verline. 6th, Rene Rast. 5th, Sebastian Buemi. 4th place, Robin Frines. And then the podium. 3rd place, Jaguar's Mitch Evans. 2nd place, Jaguar's Sam Bird. And the race winner, John Eric Fern. So fantastic result for Jaguar and it was a very good performance from Vern in all fairness. The same with Bird, the same with Evans, I think worthy of their finishes on the podium there. On to round four, the second day in Rome, qualifying top ten looked as following tenth place Sebastian Buemi, ninth Nico Muller, eighth Oliver Rowland, 7th Mortara, 6th Van Dorn, 5th Verline, 4th Sims, 3rd Gunter, 2nd Cassidy and 1st Nato. At the end of the Super Bowl, however, Alexander Sims was 6th, Gunter 5th, Van Dorn 4th, Verline 3rd, Nato 2nd and Cassidy winning Super Bowl. On to the race and fan boost winners were Van Dorn and De Vries again. Very popular drivers and in very good form. Current champion Da Costa again as well. Sam Bird again also, but this time they were joined by Cassidy. It was another safety car start again, although better conditions and a drier track. That being said, once the safety car was in, Cassidy spun almost immediately from the lead and dropped to 10th. Cassidy responded well though, an impressive reaction from him. He was clearly determined to start making up places and he did start working his way back up the field. 37 minutes to go, Verline performed a great overtake for the lead. Van Dorn was really going for it behind him as well, got himself into second place. Cassidy still doing well at this point. 35 minutes to go, he was briefly 7th, then back to 8th. 
took seventh off Roland, but unfortunately ends up in the wall. Roland took attack mode, uh, was in attack mode, end up hitting Cassidy late, and yeah, he Cassidy ended in, up in the wall, unfortunately. Roland did end up with a 10-second penalty for that. And shortly after that incident as well, Roland overtook Nato on the same corner, almost forcing Nato into the wall the same way uh, again. With 30 minutes remaining, Van Dorn took the lead when Verline went into attack mode. Not only did he take the lead, but he, he ran away with it. He grabbed it with both hands. Um, not literally, he, he was safely driving with both hands on the wheel, of course, but he ran away with that lead. And then, uh, probably helping Van Dorn a lot, there was a full course yellow, which meant Verline, who had just taken attack mode, essentially um, wasted it. And that was what, what gave away the lead. Of course, Verline didn't, didn't know there was going to be a full, full course yellow, but full course yellow means that speed is limited to 50 kilometers an hour. So Verline couldn't make the most of his attack mode. A huge gap opened up between Van Dorn and Verline. And when the yellow flag, uh, the full course yellow ended, Sims was very quick with an excellent overtake to take second off of Verline. And with 20 minutes to go, Van Dorn had opened himself up a five second lead, a hugely, hugely dominant race from Van Dorn. I was certainly glad the race conditions were better for this race. It felt a lot faster, I thought. It felt like we saw a lot more ambitious moves, or at least a attempted ambitious moves. Probably some of it felt like that because there was a period where everyone just seemed to be using attack mode at the same time. We started to see a good battle from uh, Nato and Verline, both of whom were drove really well this race especially Nato then with about eight minutes to go Rast who had been doing very well was having a very solid race and was running in the points ends up in the wall unfortunately and then we see the return of our friend the mini pace setter safety car coming back out the safety car killed Van Dorn's lead completely because obviously the safety car bunches up the field when it's leading everyone round slowly and by the time it was resolved we were just straight onto the final lap and it it was a bit chaotic again. Mortara came out of line, he moved late to save it. In sort of some of the aftermath of him correcting himself, De Vries, Bird and Roland all end up in a tangle and it was another DNF for Nick De Vries unfortunately for the second race in a row. But fortunately for Mercedes, his teammate managed to hold on to his lead, crossing the line as the winner. So let's take a look at who else ended up with points. This time round, Jean-Eric Verne didn't. Um, he finished in 11th. But just in front of him in 10th was Sebastian Buemi. 9th, Nico Miller. 8th, Tom Blancvist in the Neo. 7th, Antonio Felix da Costa. 6th, Mitch Evans in the Jaguar, 5th, Max Gunter, 4th, Mortara in the Rocket Vontary, 3rd, Pascal Verline in the Porsche, 2nd, Alexander Sims in the Mahindra, and 1st place, of course, Stoffel van Dorn. Okay, podium predictions. I've been looking forward to this. 
If you'd like to send any of your predictions, please do. I'd love to hear them. Email show.formulaebyte at gmail.com. We have an email from Luke. Thank you very much for getting in touch, Luke. Luke said, Lotterer P1, because he seems to do well for the last two years in Rome. Sims P2 and Antonio Felix da Costa third. And Luke was also predicting a points finish for Oliver Turvey. Now, Lotterer P1 didn't happen. But I'll sort of give that to Luke because Lotterer drove really well this weekend and Luke did say Lotterer would do well in Rome. It was just unfortunate for Lotterer that things went wrong because he did drive very well. Sims P2 was absolutely spot on. I'm very impressed with that prediction. I've not been brave enough yet to predict the exact position. So well done there, Luke. Da Costa third didn't happen, but Luke predicted that because Tachita were using a new their new powertrain that this weekend and Vern seemed like he might have benefited from that so I would say half right there again and I can't quite figure Tachita out yet they looked better this weekend but they were also quite quiet at points during the second race I'd not actually realized they'd placed as high as they did it felt when watching it that they were further back than that somehow but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that a bit more shortly. I also made a prediction in the last episode. I said that three drivers I expected to see on the podium at some point over the weekend were Bird, Van Dorn and John Eric Verne. And I was absolutely right. Hey, hey, I don't want to brag, but I was absolutely right. But I will, I will probably be wrong next week and I might not be right again all season I was right though I but you know I don't want I don't look I I don't want to brag but I got it right I I have to admit I was very vague though Luke was far more bold than I was and if you you've got a prediction or you want to share a story or an insight or anything else please email show.formulaebyte at gmail.com some thoughts after this weekend then. Jaguar look really good. They they did okay in qualifying. They're, they're about midway. Not the best, not seriously struggling, but in the race they look fantastic. Bird, of course, left Envision Virgin for Jaguar in the hope of finally securing a title. And it, it's not the most outlandish thought at this I know it's early but it's it's not the most outlandish thought at this stage it could happen he seems to be getting on very well at Jaguar um, they have been a bit unfortunate with getting in a few tangles so far but if they can stay out of the wall or other cars they could be on here Bird has had two DNFs so far that's so he's only finished half of the races and he's still flying in the championship as a Jaguar so let's see how that goes Porsche so far are looking like the nearly men. They're getting themselves into the right positions in qualifying and are driving really well in the races. They've been unlucky with a few incidents. They just can't seem to maintain their position towards the end of races either. But Porsche, I think if they can get their act together, they'll they'll do really well. Mercedes, however, 
And this is not a groundbreaking statement by any means. Mercedes have serious potential. The dominance of Van Dorn's win was masked a bit by the safety car cutting his lead. But he took the lead with around 30 minutes to go. So two thirds of the race. And he, he stayed there. He had a five second lead. And it was very similar to De Vries's win in Diria where he got himself into a similar situation. It was very reminiscent of a few of Tachita's wins last season as well, where they were very dominant. So Mercedes, again, just need consistency. Speaking of Tachita, I think they will start to pick up the pace now and build momentum, but they will need to hurry up. Things can change very fast in Formula E, of course, but if they don't get moving soon, they might start, to get out of reaching distance in terms of retaining either of the titles they won last season. Mahindra seem to be coming into their own a bit now. The team put a lot of hope into this season in terms of wanting to be back at the front like they were in the early seasons of Formula E. Sims has helped to get the ball rolling with an excellent drive this weekend. He he really was very good. I thought Tom Blomqvist as well was excellent this weekend actually picked up points in both races and at one point in round three the first race he had set the fastest lap it wasn't the fastest by the end though that went to Evans but really great stuff from Blomqvist and Neo this weekend it looks like the first two rounds weren't a fluke for them and they have improved massively from last season and finally I just wanted to touch on Vontary no points in round three but a great result in round four They had a great first round in Saudi Arabia as well, and both drivers are looking sharp. Another team that just needs to find some consistency. Let's take a look then at the standings. We'll take a look at the top 12 in the Drivers' Championship. 12th place is Nissan's Oliver Rowland with 15 points. Ahead of him in 11th is René Rast on 21 points. Also with 21 points is Antonio Felix da Costa. Ninth place goes to Mahindra's Alexander Sims. Eighth for Jean-Éric Verne on 25 points. Seventh for Mortara with 30 points. Sixth for Porsche's Pascal Verlein, who has 32 points. Also on 32 points, just above Verlein, in fifth place is Nick de Vries, who is one point behind his teammate Stoffel van Dorn. And then into the top three, one point ahead of Van Dorn on 34 points, so it really is close at the moment, is Robin Freins. Second place is Mitch Evans at Jaguar with 39 points, and our leader as of round four is Sam Bird with 43 points. Now for the team standings, bottom of the pack in 12th is BMW with 12 points, 11th place is Neo with 14 points. 10th is Dragon Penske with 24. 9th is Nissan with 26. 8th is Audi on 27. 7th for Mahindra with 28 points. 6th is Rocket Vontary Racing with 31. 5th place is Porsche with 32. 4th place Envision Virgin Racing with 37 points. And then the top three teams so far. Third place is DS Tachita on 46 points. 
Second is Mercedes with 65. And much like in the Drivers' Championship, Jaguar is on top with 82 points so far. That draws this episode to a close. Please feel free to get in touch on email, show.formulaebyte at gmail.com with anything you want to say or predict. We're on Instagram and Twitter as well, at Formula E Byte. And of course, make sure you're subscribed or following on your favourite podcast platform or app. Just search Formula E Byte. Okay, that's it from me then. I've been Andre. This has been Formula E Byte and the review of the 2021 Romy Prix. I will see you next week for a preview of rounds 5 and 6 in Valencia. Goodbye.